Welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome once again to In the Name of Game, a video game podcast. Today is October 10th, 2013. And uh, welcome back to our show once again. Uh, We skipped last week because people were sleeping. (laughs) I was not sleeping. You were sick. No. You, yeah, you said you said my throat. It got still canceled hurts. because you were sleeping. Come on. Anyway, so I was, I was tired. I'm your I'm your host, Iggy. And I'm co-host Adam. And I'm quasi sober host Colin. And I'm co-host Knox. Yay. <laughs> Party on. I, I forgot my own name there. I almost said Scoop. Three out of four of us showed up tonight. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, we I don't know why I have to be the whipping well, boy. Well, three and a half, I guess. <laughs> Oh, right, three and a half. Adam's the half. He certainly. <coughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> we got some cool stuff to talk about today. Uh, we actually, I, I want to touch upon very briefly um, Beyond Two Souls, which apparently just released yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. It should, and... be, it should be two days before for you. I mean, for the listener. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, damn it. <laughs> Anyway, so the the interesting thing about Beyond is that if you've been paying attention to any of the uh, feedback from different sites, there's been very mixed reactions to this game. I can't remember. Like, do you guys remember what the reaction was to Heavy Rain? Sort of. I remember press X to Jason. Had to have been better than this, right? Yeah, this one has been more. I think exaggerated. Either people seem to really like it. Or they're just totally panning it. Like I've so it's seen... more it's more polarized. Yes. Okay. So here here are the meta scores. Heavy Rain got an eighty seven, okay. and Beyond is at seventy three. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're, they're much more severe. <clears throat> I, I actually just watched the uh, Polygon has a nice video review. Uh, Justin McElroy uh, reviewed it, and his review drastically is drastically different compared to Ludwig Keatsman's review on Joystick and also, you know, on GameSpot, uh, GameStop, GameSpot, GameSpot, I always mix those up. And um, again, like, all the reviews are very different. Now, the the thing I keep noticing in these reviews is, for the most part, uh, compared to Heavy Rain, uh, the acting quality, obviously, has gotten a, a boost in and beyond because it's not done by people who... You know, in Heavy Rain, I appreciate the effort, effort, but it totally sounded like everybody um, speaking English is like a second language. Like, there were heavy accents and weird intonations, and it just didn't it didn't feel natural considering that <clears throat> these characters were supposed to be, like, native English speakers. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be, mm-hmm. wasn't it, on the East Coast? Like, that, so it's kind of like a dub movie in a way. Though. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the main guy was all right, but he still, he had, like, weird accents going on. Um, but in this one, we got Ellen Page, we got Willem Dafoe. We also have other actors that, at least from their faces, I've recognized them from other things. I just don't specifically know their names. Um, so that was a big bonus this time around. Uh, visually, uh, it's also a lot better because they're using uh, actual, like the actual actors' faces uh, this time around. So um, uh, that Uncanny Valley effect that the other game particularly had is is 
much more of a subtle thing in this one. Like, um, yeah, okay, they're fake. However, my brain isn't instantly going like, you know, like when I'm looking yeah. at the characters. It's a much, it's a much more refined version of the heavy rain kind of system that they had, which is good. It's um, blurring that line between real and fake. Um, mo- the mocap that they use for the animation seems pretty good. Like, there's not a lot of like stilted movements. Everything seems pretty natural. Um, but the problem a lot of people have is um, it's kind of like a two-prong thing. One is that um, there's not enough kind of experimentation. Like, it's super linear. And uh, so you're playing as either the Ellen Page character or this, like, spirit thing, like, person that I guess you never what? see. So <laughs> that's the two soul. Okay. Right? So two soul. You're playing as one soul, which is Ellen Page, or the other soul, that's the, the soul. Um what? And this- <laughs> okay, so that's that in itself is pretty weird because I've kind of just I haven't been paying a lot of attention to the build up to this game, and obviously they don't have as big a marketing push push as like a GTA or whatever. But from what I saw, it seemed like it was some weird like training war type thing. Yeah, like, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like her climbing monkey bars and stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. a thing that looks like she's being really like a boot camp for something. Yeah. And then she's also talking a lot to Willem Dafoe, who seems like a psychiatrist-type character for her, especially when she's younger. So my understanding is that, like, I'm assuming she's, I don't know, either an orphan or has some kind of troubled upbringing. He's the one maybe raising her more than anybody else. And then, based off of whatever power she has, they I'm assuming the way our government is, that they assume, like, oh, well, we'll make her a valuable military asset because of whatever abilities she's, you know, emitting... So, um, obviously something weird happens along the way because now she's on the run constantly in all the uh, trailers. So, maybe something bad happened or maybe that's how that other soul came about. Like, maybe it used to be a person that got fucked up and turned into a soul. I don't know. <laughs> but, okay, so... there's <laughs> Sounds this, awfully Metal Gear-esque. Yeah, kind of. Um, there's this yeah. whole other angle that wasn't in Heavy Rain where um, that other soul has abilities. Like, it can totally, like, fly through rooms and... and, and possess people so that they do kind of what you need them to do to like progress to the next part of the level or whatever. But one of the complaints I was seeing was that actually has some cool potential for, for kind of freeing up like your choices. Like, Oh, I could just fly around and look at whatever and do whatever I want. Right. Well, not really because they restrict it. So you can only really possess specific people. Like obviously the ones that need to be possessed. And um, a lot of it is really just to advance the plot. As opposed to like a more sandboxy kind of thing, where here's the powers of the te- second soul, and here you know go nuts, and by the time you're finished going nuts, like okay, you can also possess like this guy and then continue with the, the game. It doesn't do that. So uh, the polygon review was reflecting like it would have really been aw- awesome if you could have, but you notice how restrictive it is because you can't. So that's kind of a downer. Plus, they still they still have quick time events in this one too. I, I don't know if they're quite as weirdly contextual the way that you know the heavy rains one, one was like where it's like oh if I'm turning a dial I have to also turn you know this thing. It, it almost looks like Beyond is maybe more like the regular quick time event style, like maybe just regular buttons. I'm not sure. Um, I'm it's so tired of quick time events. I know, but that's like <laughs> Quantic, Quantic Dream does a lot of like almost all their games have that style of, of quote-unquote gameplay 
Um, <laughs> quote unquote, indeed. <laughs> well, no, the other thing too you got to realize about that company is um, they really value like story almost to an absurd degree more than the game. So maybe that's why they keep using quick time events as their go to item because that's the easy thing so that you can really just focus more on telling the story mm-hmm. and the gameplay is almost like a secondary thing. But here's but then the why make a game? Well, that's the problem. Here's the other downside that people are talking about. The story, although maybe better than uh, Heavy Rain, is apparently like one of the weaker points of the game. Like the acting is good, <laughs> visuals are good, but the story apparently could have been better. So people are, are saying there's weak points of the story, which that sucks because you're really just being forced into doing or viewing the story for the most part. So you're right. It, a lot of people are saying it really does feel like like a mo- like a movie game, but not a game with movies in it. You know, like you're mm. really doing stuff occasionally, and then a lot of times watching, almost like a like a even more exaggerated Metal Gear game. You know how all the Metal Gear games have gotten progressively more and more like the the cutscenes are longer and longer. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> as, as much as I liked Metal Gear Four, it got really fucking ridiculous with the cutscenes at a certain point. Like. I guess I'm just going to put this controller down for, you know, a half hour. For an hour and a half. Yeah. Going to go get lunch. <clears throat> but have a shower, maybe do my shower. Yeah, shopping. I mean, like, at that point, shouldn't the game, shouldn't any of the game creators just try to make a film? Because it's a diff- there's a different medium out there that they can well, do it's because, that. It's, it's because the bar is set so much lower for video games in terms of story than it is for film, you know? I mean, you know, that's, that's the thing. True. You have this weird kind of, like, almost perfect storm with within games where now that uh, graphic capabilities and overall game capabilities have been boosted up so much, especially with, you know, the oncoming um, next-gen systems, you have this kind of environment that's just ripe for people to come in and say, like, I'm going to make it more narrative and more creative and more whatever it wasn't before. Because films are films are kind of tough because... It almost feels like films are kind of not not all of them. They're kind of starting to go backwards a bit. Like a lot of things are adaptations or remakes now, and a lot of people. Well, I don't think there's anything really wrong with the adaptations as long as they're done well within the medium, you know. But I mean, they're falling I, into I, like traps. Like it seems harder, with the exception of maybe Gravity recently. It seems harder to be really experimental with that and try to push different things. But in games, now that we've got so many more uh, capabilities of games, especially lately, that's when these guys come in and they're like. I'm going to raise the experience of games now that we can. And you know, like it, 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 to me, feels like people are more willing to try weird kind of approaches like a movie and a game all in one, you know, with a game as opposed to the other types of media where yeah, they... But, I mean, but that, that's, that's been done before. Like, haven't we talked about Night Trap? Wasn't that sort of like a movie and a game? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's been... That, that was in, like, 1994, it's nearly 20 years ago, and we're still trying to do the same thing over and over again. That's not innovation. Well, granted, I mean, the very base idea of that is the same. But the way that they're going about making the game and, and having these things occur, like the, the the levels, if you even call them that, are different than Night Trap. Night Trap is super basic, if you think about it. Because it's really, if you want to break it down to the simplest it can be, I don't know how many rooms there were, like 10 or something like that? So you have rooms that are all showing a full motion video at the ve- uh, the very same time, right? So yeah. if you stayed in one room 
which is probably not advisable because you're going to fuck up. You could really watch everything from beginning to end, I think, um, in that one room. But no, the idea is you're supposed to be hopping between these different rooms so that <clears throat> there's like parallel storylines happening. And also you're supposed to save these co-eds from like a creepy ninja alien guy. I can't remember what the hell they are. They're, they're weird. It's a weird story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like vampires or some kind of strange. I don't know whatever it was. But that approach, although there is a cinematic, quote-unquote, quality to uh, how they're doing the full-motion video, <laughs> the concept is different. Because you have uh, parallel storylines happening at the same time, whereas a lot of games now that are cinematic, for the most part, are doing the very linear, like, one-story approach, where mm. they're, they're almost conforming it more to, like, a traditional movie, in a sense, because it's like, you almost have, like, a three-act structure, but it stretched out across, like, 15 hours. You know, as yeah. opposed well, to like a two-hour movie. So my follow-up question would be, is it, is it at all cheaper to make a game rather than make a movie? I think it'd be more expensive. you got to do all <laughs> yeah. the mocap and everything. Well, you know, instead of right. just having and actors. It takes a lot more time. It seems, like oh, it, yeah. it seems like it depends, though. Because one thing I've noticed about big-budget movies and games is that actually they're sharing a lot of the same responsibilities now. So big-budget games, a lot of the time, there's very few games that do hand-key that are like AAA games. A lot of them do some degree of motion capture. So a lot of movies nowadays are using motion capture. A lot of games are using motion capture. So price-wise, I think that's almost kind of comparable. Not well, but, but a lot of these games that they are telling in this style, like A Heavy Rain or even this game, these can be made for $20 million. You know, These don't necessarily need to be the triple A yeah. of films. Well, that's the other thing, too. Like... Have you a lot of big budget games, with the exception of I guess Beyond is kind of like that because it it's got like at least two well known actors that are probably getting paid you know decently well for for their efforts. Uh, movies, so much of that cost is just paying out really exorbitant like fees for like the acting talent, and then you go yeah. to like like uh, like Brad Pitt twenty million dollars or something just for him, and no one else. But you can have star talent in games, but often, I mean, some depending on who the talent is, maybe it'll still... Well, yeah, heads. here's the thing. An Ellen Page movie, what was the budget for her last movie? And then what did they get her for this game for, you know? That's a good and, question. Who knows? Maybe it was less, maybe it was more, or, or equal. But uh, I would say, obviously, from what we just discussed, it can totally depend on um, the type of game or movie... And, like, the acting talent involved and, like, the effects involved and that sort of thing. But they're not actually so different now. I would say games are maybe, in some cases, a little bit cheaper per, like, uh, department, maybe. But um, I mean, some some games are put, like, I don't know, a couple hundred million in for a game. But that's not as as normal as, like, movies doing that. So I think... Uh, games are still somewhat cheaper alternatives where you know a director of a game can feel like they're more of like an auteur than like somebody that 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 had to scrounge up like a hundred million dollars for a movie you know like you still have higher ups that probably dictate uh what your game or movie is going to be about but i don't know if it's, it's just me but it seems like you have a better chance of getting a bit more of your vision through, especially if you're like not a first timer, but like a a newish director, mm-hmm. getting your your vision across in a game potentially than like a movie. Like, what director making a three hundred million dollar movie considers himself an auteur, though? 
<laughs> I well, mean, all of them, sadly. I'm sure they would. Seriously? That's yeah. Michael <laughs> Bay thinks he's an auteur. Yeah, but he I also punched Michael Bay in the face. Well, now, here's the thing. Michael Bay is very aware of how horrible his movies are, and he's admitted it. It makes front. so much money. Yeah, I don't care. He's still he making just, money. It makes some shit. He, he just doesn't, you know, I mean, I doubt he considers himself an auteur, though. He well, he thinks he can do this better than almost anyone. That's why he's what? doing it. Make money? Well, I think he can do it better make, than almost anyone make myself. This movie, you know, to well, you make know, that much money. Well, that's the thing. He's all he's gone on the record as saying he doesn't make good movies. Right. So that kind of counters. You everything. know, one of, one of the things about the term auteur that I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a while since film school, but like, um, it it feels like even if they're shitty directors. I would, I'd hate to say, I, I, like my mouth doesn't want to say it, but I would, I guess I would almost call Michael Bay an auteur just because auteurs, I believe, don't they generally have, like, they're recognizable for their own style or their own approach. And as much as right. I, I hate mean, Michael Bay, he does definitely have. Okay, I see what you're saying. It doesn't necessarily, like, auteur doesn't need to mean quality. Right. It just needs to mean that I didn't they say it have. Meant, I, didn't, I didn't say it meant quality. I think that it no, means no, no, that, they had, that they had some point. sort of. I thought it was that they had full and total control. That's well, right, which like no, I, no, undeniably their stamp on the project. Yeah, no, I, th I thought that it meant that it had artistic intent. That's really what it meant: is that this was meant to have some sort of artistic intent rather than just no. be Transformers Two. Yeah. You know, no, well, he, but it's different than like being a hired gun. I think right. that's the mm. real distinction. Auteur <clears throat> is the person who owns the movie. At the end of the day, they say, "I had my hands in every part of this movie." For better or worse, right? And versus, you know, this guy was brought on to direct the sequel that's already been written by everyone, and you know, all of this. So, hmm. like, as shitty as like, what's his face, Uwe Boll or something is, yeah. like, somebody oh, he's definitely would... an auteur. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah, like, no, that's the problem. But that's what yeah. I mean. Like that, it still qualifies as right. oh, an auteur. I think we're discounting how much influence the studios have over films these days. No, but that's what I mean. So, so getting back to the games versus films thing. <laughs> God, um, there's a bunch of film nerds in this podcast. No, no, but like, well, for Beyond, this is the perfect reason to talk about films versus movies because one of the complaints is that it's such there's such a um, emphasis in Beyond Two Souls for the story portion of the game as a whole that really a lot of people did consider it more as like a, a movie in which you sometimes do things rather in a rather than a game in which you sometimes watch something you know so that kind of rubs people the wrong way because <clears throat> usually you would expect the gameplay to kind of, kind of keep pulling somebody along but as we've seen especially with heavy rain and other stuff the gameplay is usually the weakest component um, for the first couple of times that these sorts of games come out, it's fine because it's like a gimmick and you're not as familiar with it and you're kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like Night Trap, like they never had a game quite like that before. So it, they it had, had a game quite like that after either. <laughs> right. Because well, you know, all the controversy and whatever. But the yeah. fact that it was so unusual, a lot of people like it did have that buzz because uh, it was so weird. And even though the gameplay sucked. People, I'm sure if, if David was on the podcast, like, he'd probably agree. Like, you know, people were kind of enthralled by it because it was so unusual and it had its own gimmick. But now that that gimmick's been uh, spread around and everybody knows about it, any subsequent release that's similar to that, people will crit uh, critique much more. And I think that's what happened with Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain, and uh, I think before that was an Indigo Prophecy, 
was their previous game before that, they had similar sorts of things where um, they do like quick timey event stuff, but like the focus was always supposed to be on the, the characters in the story. But every time you have another one of these games, people are going to be uh, examining it that much more closely, saying like, okay, why are we doing this again? Is there a reason to be continuing this kind of weirdo like movie game approach? Like, is it actually, am I, am I getting something out of it? It's not like Bioshock where, you know, you got a lot of story, but it's almost kind of, it goes hand in hand equally with the gameplay. Like if the mm. gameplay with the, the I was going to say biotics, I've been thinking about Mass Effect too much. If it, um, plasmids and, and uh, tonics, tonics. If, if they weren't as uh, important to the gameplay as the story was, then it would have that kind of weird uh, unbalancing effect that uh, Beyond has right now with um, you know the gameplay being so much poorer compared to uh, the story content. But oh, speaking of Bioshock, so we can get oh, yeah. off, off the Beyond thing. They just Sorry. released this week. Thank um, God. <laughs> well, I mean, I would say it's a I want to touch on very briefly. Sorry. I, I meant to touch on it briefly. <laughs> 20 <but> minutes later. <laughs> I think it's worth a rental, though, just to see, like, what the hell... That was a good podcast, guys. <laughs> do it again next week. Anyway, so, the bio, uh, the Bioshock DLC, was it, uh... What's it called again? Rapture? No. The, uh, Burial at Sea. Burial at Sea. They revealed uh, the first, like, five minutes of it, which yep. confused the shit out of me, because at first, uh, I was like, wait, did they release the game? Like, the, the DLC? Like, did I miss the release date yeah. somehow? Yeah, I thought they I did, They still don't too. even have a solid release date. It's holiday. They said, they said holiday. It know? almost... Yeah. It's, it's probably going to be, like, December, like, right at the end or something. God damn it. Um, <laughs> wait that long. <laughs> but did you guys... Did you guys actually watch the five? Yeah, and it yeah. looked really good. I have not. It, it, it looks good, but I'm confused because there seems to be a different well, kind of I, dynamic. I don't, I don't, hold on. Knox, have you played in, Infinite? No, I don't have a system that can run. Do we... So. Do we Oh, I guess we shouldn't, we shouldn't say that. No, no, no. okay. There are very light spoilers <clears throat> in it. I'll say it without talking about the spoiler parts. So, okay. first off, cool that um, within... This isn't a spoiler because they've been talking about it all the time. You get to see Rapture before the Rapture in Rapture, right. whatever. Before um, the Civil War. Exactly. Right. So, it's cool to see... It, it's weird, actually. It almost looks like they've put the whole civilian kind of atmosphere from uh, Columbia into rapture like you see the same kind of like who is this civilian it doesn't matter whatever just kind of hanging out and talking with each other the way that they were in columbia which is kind of funny um you have a very different elizabeth can't tell yet if it's a different booker although somebody made a funny point of saying like there's a part in the uh the first five minutes where they go to some button or something and he smashes it the same way that he yeah he does it's (laughs) i was gonna say something like that very good yeah yeah, so one of the comments on the YouTube video was like, it's good to see that Booker still has his hatred of buttons. Yeah. Even in alternate times and spaces, he can still smack buttons. Yeah, he smashes him. that button really fucking He's hard. He's like, boom! Yeah, I hate buttons. Um, so he sounds pretty much the same. She's like a totally different character, it feels like. Um, so that's really older. interesting. She does... I, I was trying to examine... I don't examine, know if it's the makeup or what. There's ma- She has makeup. She has a longer dress, which... Concept, not concept art. Like design-wise, sometimes is used to indicate age. You know, short the shorter the dress, the younger the person, whatever. Um, And also, when she's lighting the cigarette, opposite with the hair. That's funny, right? Older, older women have the cropped hair, shorter hair. (laughs) 
That's the true. skirt lowers and the hair <coughs> shorts. So, so, so you're trying to say something when Elizabeth cuts her hair in Infinite? Actually, yeah. yeah. You know what? That, 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 you know, really that actually well. makes sense. You get that, yep. that the death of innocence kind of thing. So it's uh -oh. very, uh, you know, the youthfulness is gone. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so um, as I was saying, when she gets her cigarette lit up by Booker, um, she has. Yeah, with the plat, which is cool. Um, yeah. It, is it just me, or does it seem like she has like very slight bags under her eyes, or is it the lighting? That's what I couldn't figure out. I was like, is well, that she's... supposed to be indicative of her being maybe a little older? Yeah, it's hard. No, I didn't. I didn't look that closely at it at that she, part, at least. She does carry herself differently. Like, for example, her run cycle doesn't look quite as like vibrant as yeah. like the main game's run cycle. Like, they, it, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it, it seems like they did a different run cycle for this Elizabeth. Hmm. Um. But yeah, so there's a lot of really intriguing little details that I, I'd want to examine more, especially once you're playing like the full game. Uh, the cool part, of course, like we mentioned before, is that it's like a, I guess, a two-parter. So the first part is Booker and the second part is Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what are they going to do with that? Hmm, you know? I'd be curious. But how long are we going to have to wait for that one that's going to uh, Well, they said it was supposed to be like after the new year, I think they're insinuating. It almost so, sounds like Valve time. They've given an initial yeah. date, and it ends up being a couple months after. Yeah, watch this not come out until like June of next year. Jesus. Um, but yeah, so while well, he is working on his uh, Logan's Run script at the same time, <laughs> are they really? Ken Levine. Ooh, it's Ken Levine. I yeah yeah I heard. About oh my that. god! You know what? They had Logan's Run on TV. I think maybe a week or two ago. I forgot how bad that movie is. It's it's really <laughs> really and and what's funny is the initial concept is actually kind of cool. Like the whole yeah, so so that's good. Maybe he can take it and run with it. You know? Yeah, because I was gonna say as soon as they get to that part in the movie when they're not in that like underground or the, the futuristic world anymore, and they actually go outside, it gets boring really fast. So hopefully, if he's remaking it, he'll find a, a way to keep that sort of thing fresh. Yeah, wouldn't that be funny if he actually got um. I mean, he's working on the movie, but if he managed casting wise to get Troy Baker to like be the lead. <laughs> he's a good actor. He seems like a good yeah. actor. That would be really funny. I think it's going to be such a big movie that this studios won't even let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. If they can't get Nathan Fillion to be Nathan Drake in an Uncharted movie, I right. guess there's no chance of getting uh, Troy Baker in, in Logan's Run. Because so. you would think that would be a shoe in Like, dude, Nathan Fillion's popular. He's really come up a lot, popular, uh, like acting wise. Like he's done a lot more roles. He's even done kind of like cartoony role. Like he's 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 got a lot of versatility, and yet they don't want to put him in a role that seems like it was actually made, like like borrowed from him originally. So that that really blows. I'm still I'm I'm kind of bitter about that. <laughs> Can't tell. Um, yeah. So if you haven't seen it. Definitely check it out. First five minutes of the Bioshock. That looks so pretty. I, I mean, I could say there's spoiler stuff in there, but actually it's it's pretty tame. And especially if you don't know what happened in Bioshock Infinite, you're not really yeah. sure what's being spoiled, honestly. Yeah. So it's it's not terrible. Um, I mean, spoiler-wise, it's great, you know, preview-wise. It looks beautiful. Yeah. I'm really excited about it, actually. I'm just glad it's back in Rapture because, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like, Columbia was never near as, uh, as uh, riveting – environment as right. rapture was well we talked to, i mean we talked about this before right so yeah. columbia's the purpose of columbia i believe was totally different than the purpose of rapture i totally disagree i think they're pretty much the exact same thing just a different philosophy 
you know, they're, they're supposed to be, I mean, these are supposed to be utopias, which ultimately fail. But I mean, you know, um, but I mean, I, the- I, I just, I just feel like, I feel like Rapture's philosophy. I mean, the the American exceptionalism, while we still have certainly have American exceptionalism today, like they did in Colombia, mm-hmm. it, it's, 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 it's kind of, it's been a hundred years, you know. I mean, it's been more than a hundred years since that idea kind of came to fruition in eighteen. But I almost, I mean, considering that, yes, granted, both of those things failed. I always took Colombia's. Uh, Columbia and Rapture is like different sides of that coin, of the same coin. Like they they felt like opposites to me in terms of their approach. Like visually, you get Columbia, which is super open and super expansive, and it's like oh, it feels like quote unquote like the sky's the limit. Whereas you have Rapture, which where no matter what you do to the city, always feels kind of claustrophobic and tight and con- controlled. Well, I thought I thought that was part of the the irony was that it's supposed to be, it's claustrophobic and underwater and everything's latched together and airlocked and everything, but it's supposed to be the most open society ever created. Right, and then know? ironically, Rapture was different because at least according to Ryan's approach, if you did well and if you were if you had goals and if you pushed yourself. You had a place in in Rapture, whereas in Colombia, it looks like people are clearly trying and pushing and whatever. But due to the societal uh, uh, like hierarchy, you know, if you yeah. were different skin tone or if you was like Irish or whatever, like forget ever getting ahead in that society. They'll claim yeah. you can, but you clearly can't. So that's why I said to to me, they felt like they they were connected by the same base elements, but they were total opposites in how they functioned and i mean despite the fact that they both did fail they failed in in different ways um so it was actually it was interesting to me to see um the two different games deal with like two different societies that wanted to be so different than the average society yeah and how they've still i, 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 up. I mean <laughs> i think what was so novel about rapture is the fact that you don't see um you didn't really at least in my experience you didn't really see much of a an indictment of like hardcore libertarianism. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen you've seen plenty of indictment of American exceptionalism and racism, and all the trappings that come with all the jingoistic crap. But I mean, you haven't really seen um, <clears throat> what 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 could be wrought when a society is absolutely free. I guess. We'll it's see hard, that, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to talk. It's hard to talk about considering my politics, because I'm also extremely libertarian. Well, it's that hard to talk. Problem. It's it's hard. That was the problem with Rapture, though, because in theory, it's great. Because- well, but it wasn't because that's not what the problem was. The problem was is that Andrew Ryan betrayed his own ideals. No, that was the point. That's what I'm saying. That's why it can't exist because he was saying originally, if you're the best, do it. If, if you can take this over, almost kind of like, not like a Sith, but like, you know, if you have the power to, to make something happen, you should have the freedom to do that without being confined by uh, restrictions or whatever. However, people like Fontaine and those guys are so good at, at exploiting that and getting themselves ahead, which in that society that should be accepted because that's what, you know, it's what it should normally be rewarding. That's when Ryan's like, wait, 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 maybe not. Yeah. And then it kind of folded in on itself because, you know, you're dying by your own sword. You know, you, the stuff that you allow and you uh, praise end up, ends up being the stuff that, that like, kills you. So I, I don't, like, in a way it is kind of a, a, a commentary on that sort of thing. It's just a different type of commentary. Like, I think the Columbia stuff is a bit more obvious in some respects, maybe. I think that's why it's a lot less sophisticated, you know. It's a lot more <laughs> in-your-face, sort of. And, and, you know, that's been done before. And and to be honest, like, the, 
that the the way Infinite handled a lot of political issues, namely like the racist issue when it came to blacks, especially, was like they they basically just said racism is bad, and then that's kind of how they left it. Like all of a sudden they move all to this timey wimey sort of stuff. And I think that was my main disappointment with the game. Not that I didn't like it. I mean, I've gone over this before. But I've played the game like three, three more times since. Well, the we thing is, the, talked about it. The racism card was really just played as a way to flesh out like another angle of you know the kind of dark side of Colombia that you know they initially try to show off, like that they, yeah. they hide. But it's I don't view it as unfortunately I don't view it as like a a, a core. Of, of what you're supposed to be focusing on in Colombia. But, but that's what it was initially. We, I talked about this was my main complaint again was that they had all these, you know, the <clears> game <throat> seemed a lot more political. The game seemed a lot more politically focused like the first Bioshock was. Infinite was initially played for, uh, Bioshock Infinite was initially positioned to be uh, a political shooter. It didn't really turn out to be that way. It turned out to be more of a sci-fi shooter, which was disappointing to me. And I said this last time we talked about this because it seemed like, you know, Levine had all these ideas that, you know, I'm going to point out the, 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 uh, the inextricable elements of American exceptionalism. But it, it didn't really he, like he, he stepped forward. Then he just kind of stopped, you know. Then all of a sudden, it's like all of a sudden we're talking about time and space and what is this reality like to this one? And we're bending space around us. And well, the other thing too you got to was... remember is you have no idea like what the uh, at least the initial iteration of of that game was like. Yes, they, they did because they had like three demos. Okay, and you could see how it so, changed. I understand yeah. their demos, but I mean, even Levine said himself that this game radically changed from the from the models we had. And I understand that that's the way game development is, but I can't. But I'm going to say that I was disappointed that it wasn't as political as I thought it was going to be. Maybe it didn't play as well, being as political. I mean, I'm. A- of course, it would. Did you see the first Bioshock? How political was that? That's a, yeah, that's but a, that's, that's there's one of the also- more overt political statements I've seen in video games. Right, but there's also a lot of weirder elements to it that that kind of go tandem, like hand, hand in hand with, uh, like because you have the whole. Thing with the plasmids and what they were doing. That's to what I mean because the, plas- and- the plasmids were tied into the story. Right. Adam was tied into the story. They didn't really do it that well with. Well, not not so well. I don't want to spoil it for Knox. They didn't tie that in so well with the with Vigors and the the other bits of. Infinite, but even you know? Bioshock, uh, the first Bioshock, faltered because. Uh, it started much like Columbia. It started with this whole approach of like, here's a city with its own uh, societal structure and all this blah blah blah. As you're playing the game, it becomes less about that and more about like, oh, I'm not going to say what it is because Knox hasn't played but about that last boss and about um, more elements about your main character. And it still kept those things the way that uh, Infinite does to a certain degree, but because it's a game. They always end up. I don't know why. It feels like they always end up sloughing off some of that to get to the more gamey elements as you reach the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about Infinite is that it, because it there was not really like there wasn't really like a, a boss in the same way that it super obviously was in in the first Bioshock. They yeah. it, that felt like an answer to the first game where people were saying, "Hey, this is becoming too gamey. Like you're losing sight of what it, re- it initially was." No, I think the problem with Bioshock was that they blew their load too early. The first game, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they really did. I mean, they 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 had the big expose two thirds away through the game, and I think and I think that the reason that a lot of people shit on the final third of the final act of the first Bioshock game is because there wasn't really anything to be. You know, you know what you're doing the rest of the game. 
you knew who the enemy was then. Well, the enemy was the biggest factions. problem, honestly, because that was... Well, he was. Yeah, Fontaine was fucking lame. Well, I mean, compared to Ryan, Fontaine was just fucking lame. That's, that's obvious, and I think most people would agree with that. But, I mean, even so, it's like it didn't seem... The mystery was gone. It's like the curtain had been pulled, you know? It's just... But that's why... I, okay, this is my assumption, because I have no idea what happened behind the curtains. But, um... That that my assumption of why maybe Infinite went through so many radical changes is because they were trying to avoid that sort of thing. Like, you can feel a very forceful shift towards the end, towards saying, like, hey, we're not done yet. We haven't shown our whole hand. We're, we still got some surprises. And then they smack you in the face with, like, a major surprise. And yeah. then you're like, oh, fuck. So, in, in a sense, I have to give a little more credit to them for, for kind of learning from their mistakes, like, not, okay, granted, not everybody liked all the stuff at the end, but the fact that they they showed that they knew what their weakness was with the first game in terms of that, that ramp up and then immediate ramp down. Yeah. And that they, they wanted to make sure that, you, you know, everything was always turned up to 11 near the end so that you kind of, you still felt like you're, you're hanging on, you know, for, for that roller coaster ride. So that's what I'm assuming... I mean, I have no idea what the original game played like, but my assumptions are, my, my hopes at least, are that they kind of did a little give and take and, and racing of some things because they wanted the overall feel of the game to feel entertaining. Like maybe the original game, if it was very highly political, might have felt too preachy. Like maybe, maybe it just wasn't as satisfying. Well, like the first game wasn't preachy though? That's my point, is that, you know, <clears throat> well, I think that... <clears throat> the problem is this game also has, like, more religious topics and more uh, a society... Like, this is a little more... Well, that's the thing, too, is that Levine actually said that there was, there, was a, there were a number of religious people on the team, on the development team, that said <clears throat> that his treatment wasn't toward religion, wasn't fair, and they actually had to tone it down. Right, but... No, I'm, 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 no, 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 I'm not... I'm, I'm not I'm not the sort of person anymore to have a hard on to you know for religion, hate, and all that sort of stuff. But it's like, you know, if I don't know, it's just so frustrating that I don't know. I I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to articulate it right now. I'm just getting tired. Maybe yeah, we should but, move on to a new right. Topic. Well, I mean, yeah, because I'm not even uh, getting into this because we'll stretch it out another hour. So, <laughs> next song. All I'm saying is that they they clearly wanted to learn from their from their previous game. So that's fine, but I think that they detracted yeah. a little bit. But the ending was cool. Yeah, good yeah. shot, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, um, so there's a couple other uh, tidbits here. Um, Colin posted some information about uh, there's an interesting game that they're trying to. I don't think they've actually developed it yet. I think, I think it's in concept. It looked like concept <clears throat> or yeah, it's a concept. Yeah. Um, it's called, I thought it was beyond related uh, at first, yeah. but it's, it's called <laughs> beyond eyes, which is kind of, um, this sort of, you know, like, kind of in the way that like flower or those kind of games are, it's, it's a little bit more exploratory. It's this girl who's blind and, um, whatever she feels ends up becoming you know, like a colorful world, which is funny because the first thing I thought of when I heard this game uh, is is actually what the one of the people uh, in the comments posted a link to, which is this uh, short. I think it's Chinese uh, animation, short animation that's called uh, Out of Sight. 
which if I, if hopefully if I remember, I'll try to post a link. But if you look you said up, it's like you said it's like Miyazaki, right? Yeah. So the the I'm animation not... quality of the short film actually looks like Miyazaki, like style, yeah. like it's soft yeah. and it's uh, appealing and, and all that stuff. And it's about this little girl who has a little, a really adorable uh, seeing eye dog, and she's walking in town, and basically when whatever she touches, she um, can visualize with her her mind. So there's mm-hmm. this really interesting sort of um, uh, like visualization of like anything that's that's dark or like she walks into like a cave which is actually just an alley but she can't feel in the alley so it seems all creepy and dark to her but as she touches things or hears things um it, it reveals more of that world and it becomes more creative because uh, in a very Miyazaki way she sometimes imagines things like she'll see a plane or she'll see a plane, which means she just hears one. And in her mind, she actually actually sees it as this huge, like flying whale kind of creature that's in the <laughs> air because like, that's how she's seeing that. Yeah. So, um, when I heard about this beyond eyes game, it kind of reminded me of that. I, I would love a game that looked like that, uh, out of sight, uh, short film. If it, if it yeah. actually had that same visual quality, um, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it is on Indiegogo right now. They're seeking 10,000 10, pounds? No, euros? Euros. Is euros, euros, I think. Which euros. is about almost 15,000. It's $15,000, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a cool uh, indie game. Um, it's a little lulzworthy. Um, SimCity developers are exploring the potential <laughs> offline mode. How long did that take? When did that game come out again? Like Last earlier year? this year, wasn't it? Wasn't it earlier this year? Uh, I, I don't know. Say, it I want to say it was like April. It was okay, so if, yeah, if, if March or like April. Ago. Um, so it took them long enough, but I th- it sounds like they're still being a little uh, hesitant to make retarded, it yeah. stupid. <laughs> Any of these? <clears throat> but uh, so so you know, it's been online the whole time, and only now they're like, hmm. Maybe we can allow people to play it offline as well, which is probably what most people wanted anyway. <laughs> that the people I wonder how I, much they're going to make people pay to get the offline capability. Maybe, maybe for make, for a low one time fee of ten dollars to Electronic Arts, you too can play some city offline. Should be free. Should be yeah. Well, another dude, anyway. dude, it's Electronic Arts. Should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so they're looking into that now, which. <laughs> Sure, won't won't take that much effort, but they're gonna act like it does. Um, and uh, oh, the other piece of news from Knox was that uh, Russia wants to make uh, patriotic games. Ooh. Uh, not yeah. like I mean, okay, there's a lot of American games that are like, what was it America's Army? Is is what every yeah, first person shooter? Is it like an yeah. official military game? Yeah, America's Army was commissioned by the by the army. Yeah, so for, it's for not. Sure. It's not like other companies haven't uh, uh, companies countries haven't done this, but uh, the the questionable thing about the Russian games is that they indicate that they will ban any games that quote unquote distort history. Distort. History. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if it's a fantastic phrase, exactly. How, how about me and Knox talk about talk about historiography here? Like what, oh. what are what are the Russians trying to trying to portray themselves? Well, they have as? A, they have an example here actually where it says uh, the Russian government previously halted sales of Relic Entertainment's Company of Heroes two, claiming that it mis- misrepresented Russian soldiers in World. Now what now what happened in that game that made them so mad? Do you know? I actually haven't played Company of Heroes, but I mean it might have just made who knows? It could be anything from making Russians look weaker, or. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I don't know, like, maybe making them look too aggressive. Like, there's something that they didn't like how they were portrayed. Maybe it didn't make them seem like the strong force that they are or something like that. <clears throat> but it could be so many things. And they they sound like they're pretty vague about, you know, anything that distorts history. And as we distorts know, history, history already can be kind of distorted. So, you know, but that, that might be kind of interesting. <laughs> to see what they what they come up with. Um, yeah, I honestly, I'm just kind of chomping at the bit on this one. I just can't wait for the first game that gets banned. Now, just which, to see what the fuck they would ban it for, because it's such a like, it's a catch all phrase. Distorts now, non non Russian companies have made games involving Russia, right? Oh yeah. So Absolutely. I'm kind of wondering if this is like their attempt to answer back, like. You know, oh, you made all these games where the Russian enemies were, like, weak or something. Like, here's our chance to say we're super strong Russians. And Yeah, I mean, the thing was, like, it, it is, it's almost become a cliche in a lot of these games because <clears throat> there is a parody on, like, somebody made, you know, I'm involved in the Doom community, and uh, somebody made a parody. It was, like, if Doom was made today. And the opening thing was, all right, we got to find out what these Russians are up to, but he's looking right at a fucking demon. Like, right. it's just like, yeah. Every one of these games seems to use Russians as the villains because they're so damn evil. Yeah. So maybe this is their, their chance of uh, showing their like pride. Yeah. Being like, look how... We're Russians. Yeah, look how courageous we are. You know, something. Um, they, I don't think they've indicated... Let's see if they've indicated any future titles. Um, Russia will provide grants to developers that produce acceptably patriotic games this takes a page out of the uk's book in december the uk established a tax relief system based on how cultural a game or development team was um the hell does that mean cultural versus patriotic that's yeah Mm so it's a lot of euphemisms a lot of political bullshit okie dokie yeah all right guys that's cool so there's a lot of um so i mean so i mean so if i make a if i make a game about the russian front world war one i'm gonna have like all of these officers getting shot by their enlisted men. And then, like, when it comes to World War II, you're going to have, like, all these Russian officers shooting men who are running away from the Germans. So is, is that patriotic enough? Um, I have no how, idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to, like, say how Is it, it going to be come and see the game? Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, has anyone here seen that movie, though? <laughs> I've seen the poster. Uh. <laughs> No, the poster. This, the poster speaks about, but the poster speaks volumes, though. Oh, it really. Yeah, that movie's yeah. insane. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, so that that. Man, Adam's quiet. Adam's just letting this all breaking up a bit. Uh, oh, it's been cutting out. What uh-oh. movie did you say? What movie poster? Come, uh, and come and see. Nope, haven't seen it. <laughs> If I he tried. hasn't seen it, it's not worth seeing. <laughs> no, yeah, right. No, I'm not Colin. Come on. <laughs> Wait, what? I know other opinions exist. <laughs> Wait, what? What's an opinion? Yeah. I thought they were just called facts. Columbia sucks. If I says it, say it sucks, it sucks. I didn't say that. I said it was boring compared to Rapture. Okay. Oh, okay. You're not Colin, disproving. You also what... said you could quit drinking. It's not proving. <laughs> I'm having, I haven't had it. 
I haven't had a drink in like two hours. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, yeah. He's oh, reset the clock part. on the wall. Colin hasn't drank in two hours. <laughs> I have a drink in my hand. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. One last thing I want to mention. Uh, if you've been playing GTA online this week or the past week, you have probably tried out the god awful character crea- uh, creator. And um, I just wanted to mention it for how shit it is and how I hope that. <laughs> No one else makes this fucking mistake that uh, Rockstar made. First of all, okay, not including the weirdo errors that have been popping up from people playing. Like, for example, uh, (coughs) my producer um, has been playing GTA Online, and his character was deleted, like, four times, like, through errors. Like, he just log on, and the character's not there anymore. He's like, what? So you'd have to remake it. Although it keeps whatever money you store in the bank, you don't lose that. So at least it's not like he was starting over from zero. But, um, so, okay. Their character creator, you know, normally, okay, with a character creator, like uh, for Skyrim or whatever game, you totally have control over all your your, your character design, like your face and your, your body type and, uh, you know, like uh, your stats and all kinds of things. So some genius at Rockstar decided it was a good idea to make that as fucking difficult as possible to do directly. (laughs) So, when you're making your character, you can't directly (coughs) design your character. You have to do this fucking family tree thing where you create, I believe, I don't know if you directly, I can't remember if you directly create the the mom and dad, but you directly create the grandparents, Um. which then create the parents, which then create your character. So okay. you have to cross your fingers when you're making <coughs> the physical traits for those parents uh, and be like, God, I hope this doesn't look like an ugly <laughs> kid. <laughs> it's crazy. Why? So, why Why would you do that? I don't know. Were, and, were, were they a geneticist in another life or something? It's fucking terrible. And so he had a, he spent a long time trying to find trying to make somebody that wasn't ugly. And there's some code. <laughs> or maybe you just press triangle or something. There's a way you can actually get John, John Marston from Red Dead to be one of the grandparents. So you can kind of affect like a very slight Marsden influence on um, on your uh, main character. Which he, he managed to get the eyebrows and kind of the bridge of the nose. So he's <laughs> like, okay, I'll take it. He doesn't look hideous. I'll take parts. So once you do that clusterfuck and you make that character... <laughs> then you have to figure out the stats for the character. So <laughs> instead of saying, you know, strength plus whatever, defense whatever, dexterity whatever, <clears throat> it asks you a list of things. How often do you sleep? What do you eat? What are your activity like weird <laughs> like daily like things or like how much I never <laughs> sleep and I just eat Cheetos. And it just- <laughs> Watch internet porn. I eat Doritos and yeah. do. And it does not tell you. It does not tell you on that slider page what those things correlate to. So you have no idea. Like if you say like I sleep eight hours a day, whether that's helping your strength hey, hey, or hey, hey. stamina or whatever. <laughs> it's nuts. Somebody um. What the fuck, Rockstar? I don't. Know. I think at a certain point people have figured out like what those stats mean. So now you could go online and just Google it and be like, okay, I need to say I sleep like 12 hours a day so I have enough stamina to be like a strong character. <laughs> 12 hours? 12 hours? <laughs> I don't know. It's something ridiculous. Just like, like a that. real criminal. So those two elements are the most 
unintuitive fucking things that you could possibly think of. (laughs) So a lot of people have had bad things to say about uh, character creation. But the funny thing is, once you're done with that, the game itself looks really fun, the the online. So what do you do? Is it just like Free Roam was in in GTA 4 or what? (laughs) It is, but there are also missions and races you can do. And what's funny is, from watching uh, Chase play it, you can also kind of... who? The producer. From oh, watching okay. Chase play, ah. um, <clears throat> you can also kind of combine missions with other people. So if you're the type that doesn't shoot everybody as soon as they see them, um, you can team up with somebody. Like what he was doing was, which was pretty funny, was one of his first playthroughs. <clears throat> he decided, you know what? I'm not going to shoot everybody because it's really boring. He got the nicest car and he looked on the, the main map to see where everybody is. And he would track down somebody that looked like they were clearly going to, like, rob a convenience store or something. And he would drive up to that convenience store while that person was clearly, like, robbing someone inside. And just go, honk, 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 honk. <laughs> <laughs> and so what's funny is the guy comes running out with, like, the back So he of... played Neighborhood Watch. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> this is what he played. No, he didn't play that. He played the driver. Let's say he played the runaway. He, he was, was Ryan Gosling. Was exactly. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going a completely different way there. Oh, like no, 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 no. Alerting people. <laughs> no, it was hilarious because he was like Ryan Gosling for like everybody. And what's funny is some people at that point at least had mics. So one of the guys I was watching he was like, "Huh?" He's like, "All right, dude, let's go." And like, <laughs> what's funny is when they were running from the cops because then the cops go after him, obviously too. Um, is that he kept doing these like accidental like big flips and things that should have crashed the car but didn't. So this other guy, this other guy was going crazy. He was laughing and going like, "Oh shit!" Like it made the experience more fun because you were doing this whole huge illegal activity with somebody else cooperatively. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, kids? Yeah. Doing doing crimes is fun as long as you're cooperative. Well, there's another thing too for anybody that really hates getting like griefed by a bunch of like assholes. I think. You shouldn't play GTA. No, 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 but I uh, think... Oh, you uh, shouldn't play Call of Duty. Well, well yeah, you don't want to play Call of Duty anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I still that's, do. That's one general statement. <laughs> There's um, a passive mode online that I've noticed a couple people use where I think you can't shoot other people, but in turn, I, I believe they can't also shoot you. So that's a nice oh, way... So it's of, a friendship, like in Mortal Kombat. Kind of, yeah. Oh, it's so cute. Friendship. Yeah, you could, you could do that so like people won't give you a hard time. But I think most people don't. So, uh, one thing they do... Because they're 12-year-olds and they want to shoot everything? Uh, well, I was going to say, there, there were kind of Wait, a lot did of... did I just explain Chase? <clears throat> what? Wait. Never mind. Uh-huh. It was a joke. Man, he's not 12. Um, Misfire. But there were a lot uh... of, like, young-sounding kids on there. Which they sound like they're fucking 10. It's like, why is that kid playing this game? There's, like, there's prostitutes in it. You know, funny thing about that, I read I read a story on on Slash like a, a day or two after uh, GTA came out, and they were talking about how many parents don't even realize that there are ratings on games. They're so stupid, Jesus. Yeah. There's yeah, that. It's what was only it that? in like huge letters on the front. Yeah, there's that video of was it like a French kid or something like that that's like all yeah because he's got his game. Like you idiot parents, you're filming it and you're fully admitting like you just gave your young ass kid. This extremely violent, sexually sex- explicit, yeah, game. I, I had no limitations as a kid. I'm gonna come <clears throat> right out and say that, and I think that helped me a lot in the long run. 
Yeah, but that's not the case for everybody. No, but yeah, I mean, it's not. The, you're you're, you're not you as smart. Lucky. I mean, I mean, many people aren't as smart as you, Knox. <laughs> I mean, they just no. I mean, Touche. Serious, it's like, well, I mean, I'm just serious. It's like you know, I think that a parent should be the final judge. That I think that I think that laws enforcing um, the sales of games to minors using the rating system are kind of ill-suited. But by the same token, I think that they can actually be used to inform parents. That's about what is in a game, and that's what. But that's not what p- most people use it for either. It's you know, it, it it's a problem with people. It's either black or white. It's like either we have to have a law enforcing these ratings, which aren't even governmentally sanctioned anyway, officially, yeah. or we just like, or people just don't pay attention to them at all. There's never any middle ground, you know. It's like these people don't realize that the, that this isn't supposed to be like the some purpose- sort of authority. You know, yes. authoritarian grant. And I will I will say that my parents would comment on what I was playing, even if they didn't stop me from playing it. So well, the other thing too is you need especially if somebody's that young, they need like they need a, a certain amount of guidance. Like you can't just let them, you know, unhindered play this game with a lot of yeah. violence and death yeah. and sex and all this stuff and not have them understand really the the context for maybe these things that are happening or or you know that it's not real or like there's so many things that it's unfiltered and they're just getting it blasted in their faces but that but that would mean the parent actually has to be a parent that's the problem yeah uh-huh. <laughs> but I, daisy ideally Oops. what the what the rating system was supposed to do is like as you're saying it's supposed to inform if you look at a lot of ratings much like well actually even more detailed than movies it'll say like uh, language or <laughs> alcohol use, or, or you yeah. know, uh, drug <laughs> use, illegal substance, you yeah. know, sex. <clears throat> what what the parent is supposed to do is like say the kid wants such and such game. Parent goes, hmm, we'll see, and then looks up, you know, the ratings for that game and sees like, what is this game all about? If it's okay for their age level, fine. But if it's got a huge ass list of all these questionable things, and your kid is like twelve. Maybe you should wait until they're and older. Maybe you should decide yeah. if they're mature enough or not. Yeah. Well, yeah, here's the thing. Shouldn't modern parents just have played the game first already? Well, that's what's right. funny. Like, games are so commonplace now. Yeah. That yeah. I think, well, maybe maybe this this generation is still kind of, like, on the cusp of it. But definitely the well, next I mean, generation. Well, I mean, we're all supposed to be having kids soon, right? Like, yeah. Supposed. Theory. Well, right, by society <laughs> standards. <laughs> that, that means... There are people that have come before us and had children and have been playing video games their whole lives. Yeah. You know? But that's that, that's true. Like parents or future parents uh, are going to be more familiar with games as a whole. So hopefully, unless they're fucking stupid, um, they well, stop they don't you right there. They don't, yeah, yeah they, well, they, they are. Don't, <laughs> they don't get the luxury of saying, "Oh, I didn't understand this or whatever." No, you clearly know how the fuck these uh, ratings work. You're just purposely choosing not to. It's not like a previous generation when you're like, what, do you play the Nintendo? You know, like... <laughs> well, right. Like, well, even then, like, think about the worst video game you played as a child. If you stop playing games now, like, think about, like, the most scandalous game. It's exactly that, but better graphics. So you, you should know what your maybe, kids are doing. Maybe you know? Mortal Kombat? It must have been Mortal Kombat. Yeah, like probably. The, or like the first GTA, I maybe. I played some weird, like... There was like a PC version of it that actually had the blood, and I remember playing it, which sucked because try to do those fucking moves on a keyboard. Not not. I, uh, um, yeah, I played the Genesis version of Mortal Kombat too. That would. But it's yeah. like my dad knew, but it's like I think he also uh, at that time at least he also knew that I was very even as a kid very analytical of these kinds of games. Yeah. So clearly, if I couldn't handle it, he wouldn't have let me play that game. Like my 
my uncle was really into Sierra online games. So um, that's how I actually got my love of, of adventure games because he would lend me a lot of his, like, you know, Quest for Glory, King's Quest, whatever. But he had a lot of Leisure Suit Larry games. My <laughs> yeah, dad... I was going to ask. I thought <laughs> that's where you were going with My it. dad did not play the, let me play those games. So, <laughs> I mean, granted, I, I don't think it would have done anything, but he did have kind of limits. Like, it wouldn't be like never. You will never play these games. But he's like, no. Nah, let's let's kind of angle you towards these other games, so you'll be distracted yeah. by something. Let's take a seat. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is actually why I hadn't played Leisure Suit Larry for the longest time. Like I had a little catch up to do, where everyone else was like, yeah, I played you know all four of the first games or whatever. Um, but yeah, parents just need to realize parents need to be parents yeah, parents just parents. don't understand <clears throat> you can't just ship your kids off to some school and be like oh okay done time to play some video games fuck man anyway on that on that downer <laughs> no, just, i think yeah. uh, oh. i think that's good for for this week yeah i didn't get to mention the zelda thing but that's all right oh do you want to mention well, it quick yeah just a really quickie one here uh it was announced that the new zelda game you will be allowed to do the dungeons in any order you want Mm. Oh. I mean, there. I, I like imagine there will, probably, there, there will probably be like a starter dungeon, but <coughs> at the end of the day, there's a shop that you can go to throughout the game that has all the traditional weapons, like the hook shot and boomerang, what have you. Mm. And uh, you know, this was announced, <coughs> and naturally, Everyone people got were like, "You can't do that." Why is that a problem? Because they're Nintendo fanboys. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. Let's let's a little known game such as uh, better known as Advent, uh, Legend of Zelda One let you play <laughs> almost all the dungeons in whatever the fuck order you want. Iggy, Iggy, these guys aren't old enough to have played that. They played Ocarina yeah. of Time, and that was their first. Like you know, with the exception of a, a couple parts of those dungeons where you need like a bracelet or like a the fucking candle or whatever. Like you could, if you knew where the fucking Death Mountain level was, or the, the level in Death Mountain was, you could fucking blow up that, that rock and then just go in and do the last level. But I mean, the twist here is I actually uh, played Ocarina of Time out of order the first time I played it. Oh, really? I didn't know, like, I played Fire Temple first the first time I played it. When did you do Water Temple? Temple? Which is, Water Temple? Uh, I think I did Fire Temple, Forest Temple, Water Temple. Uh. Then I, maybe Spirit Temple. Yeah, I did it completely out of order. And it, all my friends like were flipping out at me. How the what, how, what? And you know, <coughs> I guess the announcement of this kind of triggered a reaction for you know a certain group of people. Don't know who. Fan mostly voice. people who played Ocarina of Time and every. I game think since that's then. the thing. I think I think that's the thing. I, I've maybe it's just me, but I've noticed this um, kind of a divide between the more old schooler or the old style. Zelda gamers and like the the 3D Zelda gamers like there's clearly that 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 uh, group of people that thinks that Ocarina Time time was the Zelda game and nothing compares to that and yeah that and then yeah. you get people kind of like <laughs> kind of like me actually that think that you know the original game and, and that kind of approach like Link's Awakening and all those things felt more fun and in some ways more innovative than uh, a lot of the 3D versions of, of those games. Sure. I so, mean, the whole thing is, I was an, you know, Ocarina of Time was my first Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I went back and looked at the other ones because I enjoyed it enough, and I doubt a lot of people did that. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, to me, I've, I'm pretty well known, I mean, to people who know me, 
like Colin will vouch for this, that I like open-ended ideas. I like the idea of exploration mm-hmm. and the idea that you can go somewhere before you can go another place, but the next time you play it, you can do it in a completely different order. I think it adds yeah. replayability. Had to you a game. probably you you must have really loved the first Zelda then. Oh, absolutely. Because it's like yeah. if you knew where all those items were, especially things that were just like hidden under like a, a one of those soldier statues or whatever, like you could just grab everything with the exception of the master sword, like yeah. as soon as you wanted it. It was a good old time, if you ask me. But I think a lot of people underestimate the uh, potential that an idea like this would have, and their the gut reaction is. Well, that's not Zelda. Now, is it going to be 3D or is it going to be more like the old school ones? I actually have not looked into that. I, that I only... That's the other thing I've been noticing, though, about people that, that get mad about this kind of thing. It's like a bunch of them just want more and more of like... They want Ocarina of Time. They want Ocarina of Time every time. Yeah, it's like Ocarina of Time version like 5 or something like that. Like, you don't you want something different? <laughs> no. I guess well, it's sort of like how Majora's Mask and even Twilight Princess, to a degree, broke the base, so to speak. Like well, those are like those are even Wind, like Wind Waker too... was the most. Oh, Wind Waker, absolutely. Yeah. People, right. some people really didn't like Wind Waker because it went extremely cartoony from doing the uh, the, yeah. the no- normal proportioned Link all of a sudden to like little super deformed Link. So I didn't have a problem with that, but I, I remember when well, it was announced. A lot announced. of people did, and that's exactly the problem. They're just afraid of change. Yeah, I, I think the moral of, of the, the whole story here is that <clears throat> change isn't always a bad thing. <laughs> and yeah. why the fuck are we judging a game before it? I mean, obviously we do this with every game before it comes out. Isn't, that, isn't that kind of ironic with Nintendo? Because a lot of people criticize Nintendo for being too samey, especially with, with the Mario the, series. Change. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah so the, the Mario series, you have... The same Mario game over and over again. Now it's just called Super Mario or Super Mario or Brothers. New Super Mario Brothers. Exactly. Um, it it really peaked with Mario sixty four <laughs> because but, that was the that was the only one that like had a new element to it. If you ask me. But with the Zelda stuff, it feels like they've tried a little bit more to kind of work around. Like, oh, well, yeah. let's at least put a new idea in each one if it's not like totally new. And then right. people throw their shit. So like. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't, because if you make a bunch of new stuff, people flip out. And then if you keep everything exactly the same, like you think they want, then they're like, nah, what is this? So Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it's, you know, it's, you know, someone releases a different idea and all of a sudden, rabble, 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 yeah, rabble, 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 rabble. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of embarrassing to, you know, whenever it's like, are you a Zelda fan? Sure. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you're one that's, of them. That's the worst fucking gamers. I swear to God, like you always have that that faction. Of, the worst fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> you always have that faction of gamers that think that they speak for everybody else. It's like, no, shut the hell. Oh, up. Speak for yourself. Hey. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Don't call me yeah. buddy. Guy. One in every four people is is that kind of gamer. Look around. Yeah. Is it not you? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, yeah, sorry guys. That, that's all I wanted to talk about. <laughs> that was my big thing this week. That should be interesting to keep tabs on because I'm curious if that uh, attitude will I'll shift. Be, yeah, I'll be keeping a close eye on that for you guys. <laughs> all right. So that's our that's our episode for this week. Um, if you'd like to comment on anything we've talked about this week, we do have an email. You could email us at nameofgamepodcast at gmail Weigh in your thoughts on on all the stuff we've talked about. Um, we have a Facebook group where we also post a lot of these news tidbits uh, every week, which is just in the name of game. Uh, we have a Twitter where I really just kind of post whenever we do an episode uh, upload, which is at in the name of game. 
And uh, we have a website, which is in the name of game.com, where I post these episodes and all previous episodes as well, so you can listen to our entire library. Um, <coughs> if you don't want to do any of that, we have a iTunes uh, link that you can uh, click on and just subscribe instantly that way and just get all our stuff without any of our additional writings. Without any of, without any of Colin's additional <laughs> bullshit. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. But anyway, I like how you just offer it, Colin. You've given yeah. up. You're like, yeah, I'm she's done. talking about me. But really, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with more fun stuff <laughs> to talk about. Um, in the meantime, enjoy your games. Try out GTA, but God, that fucking character creator, I swear to God. <laughs> I, I think you should try it out just for fun. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Try it out, and you'll see how shitty it is. <laughs> you'll see how bad it really yeah, can I'm be. Sure you'll see. Can... I'll show you all. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Uh, see you guys next week. Bye. Later. Bye. Maybe not next week. What? Maybe. I don't know. Sometimes we have a pension connection. Oh, uh, we'll see you when we see it. We'll see it when I. We'll see you when I'm not a student.